Welcome to Dev Talks, a podcast produced by DevTech Systems Inc., where we invite experts from the field of international development to discuss contemporary issues impacting the field and learn about their work. I'm your host, Adrian Usleman. During this episode, DevTech's Director of Public Financial Management, Jose Panetta, speaks with Angel Alvarado. Angel is now a senior fellow in the Department of Economics at the University of Pennsylvania. Previously, he served as a deputy to the National Assembly of Venezuela for the District of Patare. While in Parliament, he was a member of the Permanent Committee on Finance and Economic Development taking on the role of the economic spokesperson for the committee. Jose and Angel's conversation focuses on the 2024 Venezuela election and several recent events that have left many wondering whether a fair and open democratic election may actually be on the table. This is significant given the many years of authoritarian rule that have afflicted the country, beginning under the presidency of Hugo Chavez and now under current president Nicolas Maduro. Particular topics discussed include the Barbados Accord, agreed upon between the Maduro regime and opposition on October 17, 2023, which provides for electoral reform, laying the groundwork for a competitive presidential election in 2024. This agreement opened the doors to the opposition holding a primary election on October 22nd, won in a landslide by Maria Karina Machado. Additionally, it led to the easing of sanctions by the U.S., which you will hear Angel referring to as general licenses, particularly on the oil and gas sector. It should be noted, however, that this sanctions relief on the oil and gas sector has only been granted for a period of six months and will only be renewed should Venezuela continue its progress toward democratic elections. Throughout today's podcast episode, Jose and Angel will analyze both the potential causes and consequences of these important shifts. So without further ado, I'll turn it over to them. Hey, Angel, how are you doing? Nice to Hi. talking to you. Um, Angel, you know, there is a lot of uh, recent action happening in Venezuela and, and I know that you you have uh, a close uh, you know focus on understanding what's going on in the country but also you by being here in the US you know exactly some of the questions and the things that could be more interesting for for an audience uh, here in the US so I thought that it would be great to, to have this conversation and to talk to you about what's going on in the country if you don't mind Sure. And my pleasure, Jose, my pleasure. Perfect, Angel. So, <clears throat> you know that a few weeks ago, uh, just uh, before we, we, we record this uh, podcast, the government of uh, Nicolás Maduro and the, a group of opposition leaders uh, known as the Unitary Platform, they reached of an agreement uh, referred as the Barbados deal. And, and I think the question that I would like you to to, to answer to our audience is, can you tell us, can you paint a picture of what do you think uh, our listeners uh, should know about this Barbados deal and how do we go here? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a great question. 
um, I was in Caracas that day. Uh, the day before, uh, someone told me that the agreement is coming. I was surprised. I didn't believe it. But this is not something that comes from heaven suddenly. It was a process of two years, uh, an effort to find a common ground uh, between the opposition, between the government of Maduro and the Biden administration. And my opinion is that you, you, you know, uh, Biden administration uh, is what we're pushing for this open for options, open for a path for, of democratization of Venezuela. And uh, while well, you have multiple elements, I think that triggers uh, the final agreement and make, I think, the administration more and more pragmatic. Um, and uh, and uh, maybe one of the most important consequences of the agreement is the primaries opposition uh, that Sunday after the agreement, just that week. That is a huge event of the opposition that create a huge movement, energy, that we didn't see in the last five years inside the opposition movement. And I think it's clear how when you open a little bit some space, you can have you know all of those energy spread uh, uh, around the country. Perfect. Uh, so this, this is an in interesting driver. I wanted to go back to for our listeners to to what this deal is all about um, also tell us a little bit about any other factor beyond what the opposition is doing on their own with the primaries um, um, has been to your opinion being a trigger to to this because for for quite a long time was nothing happening in Venezuela so uh, uh, is only what the opposition is doing, or do you think any of the external context is also contributing to this? Why now? Yeah, of course. Of course, you know, that's a common analysis that we can find the price, the price of oil, the price of natural gas, which is huge, a jump after the Hamas-Israeli uh, conflict in Middle East that maybe escalate or not Middle East, but yes, it's a threat. Uh, the strategic oil reserve of the U.S. at the minimum level, uh, that's a very important point. Um, and the, 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 other, the other thing, of course, is migration. So we have a crisis in the south borders, not just Venezuelan, but you have many Venezuelans, Venezuelan living in New York, uh, people escaping uh, from the humanitarian emergency that Venezuela have been facing in the last seven years, drops of the 75, 80% of the GDP. So it's a huge contraction of the economy that no other economy in the Western Hemisphere has been experienced in the recent history. So you have many triggers. So um, uh, uh, migration as a domestic problem, price of gas after domestic problem in the U.S., um, the option between the opposition to find you know a deal just before the primaries to permit to to have a permit of the government to have the primaries. So you have many factors that open this. In fact, uh, I was very you know, pessimist about, uh, to, you know, to find that kind of agreement uh, this year. Um, but at the same time, Maduro is a cash-trapped government. They need money, you know, with desperation. We need, they need money. And 
And of course, uh, uh, they are Maduro government that betting that this kind of agreement can uh, open the economy for more income, maybe a part of the position. So I think it's a it's an alineation of the stars. You have many things happening at the same time that open a little window that could open a democratic democratic transition in Venezuela. Okay, so I do know that one important uh, aspect of of the Barbados deal has been that after that, the U.S. had broadly eased the sanctions on Venezuelan on the Venezuelan oil sector. So my question to you is. Um, do you think that this will what are the kind of impact that you foresee this to have on the Venezuelan presidential elections? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball in Venezuela is so complex. Uh, no other transition has the the same characteristic of Venezuelan one, you know. So there is not a, a framework that you can say, look, the transition is like this, you make A, B, C, and then have you have D. It's not in that way. Sometimes democratization uh, are products of accidents, you know, accidents, even errors among the coalition parties that were ruling the, the country. So there is no, no clear for me. I think now the opposition create a crisis inside the country with the leadership of Maria Corina Machado. Uh, and not even Maria Corina Machado. I think the grand problem, the, the big problem of Venezuela opposition is momentum and coordination. Uh, now the opposition create a momentum and that's very important in politics. And momentum permits uh, um, some kind of collective action coordination. So because the opposition movement, I would say, and the population are against the regime of Maduro. But after, I think, the last uh, seven years, the opposition are uncoordinated, uh, losing momentum, uh, no collective action, so it's not possible to coordinate among the actors. Now, you have that possibility, and that is part of Barbados' uh, agreement. You now have that possibility. Uh, yesterday, for instance, I, see, I saw some pictures about uh, Maria Corina rally in El Zulia, which is the biggest state of Venezuela, uh, with the all the parties of the unitarian platform. So everybody's there in the heart of the opposition, which is El Zulia, which is strong leadership of Maracaibo, people like Rafael Ramirez, the, the, the mayor of Maracaibo, or even Manuel Rosales. So that's huge, that coordination. And that coordination momentum is what made me feel a little bit more optimistic about Venezuela and to push in the direction to have a free and fair election in the 2024 Okay, let me let me go to that point because you say the primaries created the momentum. Then the some people may have a question that part of the the trade-off of the U.S. Uh, easing the sanctions is that it will give more cash to the Maduro regime, and we know the kind of uh, let's say practices that they have done in the past when they have cash. Um, but also, I will say that um, the easing of the sanctions is also giving kind of the, the carrot to the government to allow uh, Maria Corina uh, to be a candidate 
it, do you think that is this potentially a credible uh, situation that the Maduro regime will, uh, at the end of the road, allow Maracorina to run as a um, uh, as a presidential candidate, we know this this idea of uh, uh, the judiciary system to be utilized uh, and weaponized uh, for political action is is one of the leading practice for the Maduro regime. So I wanted to 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 test with you the credibility of the agreement. Um, if you think that uh, there is enough stick. Uh, from the U.S. Uh, side on the broadening of the sanctions to make credible the fact that uh, the Maduro regime will, one, allow Maracorina Machado to be eligible to, to run for, for president. And the second is if you think that at the end this will contribute or not to uh, Venezuela having unfair elections. You know, the first thing that I would like to say is that I vote in the primary selection, and of course, as a as a voter of the opposition, I would like that Maracorina uh, could run because it's a democratic process that we believe she won. She has the right to win and represent us. I'm big time, you know, huge majority. So that's uh, the first thing that I have to say, and that's uh, democratic. You know, you won, you have to run, and you have the leadership now. You have the leadership now. Of course, it's a collective leadership in the sense that she needs all, she needs Acción Democrática, which is the center left. She needs Primera Justicia. She needs everyone because it's a collective action, right? Uh, and to fit the, 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 the regime of Nicolás Maduro. But she is now the visible leadership of the position. And that's the first thing that we have to do. And he received all my support and the support of, I think, all the plat Unitarian platform. But uh, for uh, Maduro regime, Nicolás uh, Maracorino Machado is a corner solution. <laughs> in the sense that we economists, you know, define these things, you know, it's like a can, can you can you can you elaborate a little so, bit more for our non-economist <laughs> uh, audience, please? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, okay, uh, it's completely the opposite of Nicolás Maduro. So it's like, um, it's in fact that's good because the opposition now has more leverage. Look, you know, you are, you ask me me to sacrifice. Maracorina Machado, you know, is 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 huge. You know, it's not easy for the opposition to make it. You know what I mean? In the sense that you have a corner solution. In if you think like a Edgeworth Edgeworth box, you have more things to exchange now for the opposition. It's maybe very pragmatic what I'm saying, but uh, it's not easy to have a negotiation now. You know, the opposition would ask uh, for the government more and more and more having Maracorina on board. Uh, so that put uh, the opposition in a better place for the negotiation. So what we, what, where we are is a, in a process of negotiation. Uh, so now what the opposition needs to negotiate is the habilitation of the qualification, uh, uh, saying the better way, the qualification of Maracorina Machado. And that's a process that just beginning at the end of the month, in my opinion, is going to be a tough process. Uh, but what is good in this point is to have coordination and we have momentum. And of course, we have to push in that direction. And Maria Corina knows that she, know, she is the corner solution. She, so she's 
moving to the center. She's suspicious, his messages. Uh, he's trying to find a common ground with the other part of the position. So, you know, let's see. But uh, it's a negotiation, so it's moving now. And I don't know if the final solution is going to be Maracorina Machado. I'm not, I'm not, I cannot be sure of that. But what I know now, now is that the better position for the opposition is now with Maracorina on board. Perfect. Let me, let me, let me go um, and stress two, two of the points that you are making. Because you, you, you say that the opposition were lacking uh, of momentum and coordination. And what I'm hearing from you is that now uh, with the primaries, the, the opposition gain important momentum, which needs to keep happening. But at the second time, that Maria Corina is moving in a more pragmatic way towards the center. And if that's the case, she will be able to find better ground to coordinate with the rest of the opposition. My question uh, as a follow-up is, what is the role of the U.S., uh, the Biden administration, and the role of the significant event of easing up the, the, the sanctions? No, the, the sanctions are, 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 are some of the most important are lifted. So that is, is, is showing goodwill for uh, the Biden administration to uh, allow this negotiation process that you are describing to happen. My question is, um, if you think that uh, the, the contribution of this uh, easing of the sanctions is enough, or uh, this, this is an element that at the end, if, if that process doesn't lead uh, enough to uh, elections that are not fair, those sanctions will really be now reimposed and, and, and we will move to a different track. So I wanted just to make sure that we our listeners understand your views on the role of the sanctions and how the Biden administration by lifting them uh, is contributing or not according to your view, uh, of, uh, of creating that momentum where the negotiations could happen and the a small window for um, a fair election to happen in Venezuela may, may be more likely. So please, go, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the uh, up, um, sanctions were lifted partially for six months. Um, so um, that opened uh, um, uh, a period of peace, if I can say and the can po- use political that peace, word. Let's call it like that. <laughs> political peace uh, for negotiation. Okay, it's like a truce. Now we can okay negotiate in a truce, uh, and that makes me optimistic. You know, it's better to negotiate in a in peace time than in a in a war time. Okay, uh, um, we know that uh, all the time, uh, even in wars, all the people are negotiating, all the parts. But it's better in, in peace than in, than in war, and that's good, I think, for the opposition. Okay, for inside Venezuela, so that protects the opposition for sure. Um, now, the other thing is, I think the Maduro would uh, play with the time in cons- you know time uh, framework the timeline because uh, well maybe negotiations uh, you know he would uh, give to the opposition more and more and more 
before the six month end uh, period of the license, so the general license 43. And then he would try to make the election just before the end of the, you know, there is a lot of game here in the timeline. And uh, and I think Maduro would play with with, with that. So uh, I, I think uh, I think uh, now should be time for negotiation for more. Um, but it's very difficult to know at the end. What I think is Maduro will try to stay in power for sure. That's uh, the basic uh, assumption of this. Uh, the opposition will try to to broke to break the the coalition inside the the, the Maduro government. Is what you see in Maracorina Machado a message about what are the support of Maduro and the incentive of everyone inside the coalition. And I think it's a great message. It's not easy to make it. It's what what Guaido tried to make it for so long and many others. You have to be very careful how do you deliver that message. Uh, I think it's important. Uh, but uh, I think there are many, many things to negotiate now. We are we are far away from a Pareto optimum solution. You know, there is a lot of another thing that the Chavismo can give to the opposition, that the opposition can give to Chavismo. And that exchange is going to be very, very important now from this point to the, the next round and especially to the end of the general license 4043. Okay. But do you, do you think that in six months, the uh, Maduro regime has not clearly, uh, I don't know, allowed Maracarina to participate. These kind of things, the, the, the sanctions will be will be reimposed. That's your. I don't think I, I don't think so because I don't think so that he 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 needs to make it. You know, understand me well. In what sense? Well, he has till the last minute to decide if Maracarina could in, uh, wrong or not, and maybe the inscription for the the presidential election should not be before the end of the six month. So maybe after that, we are talking about April. Maybe the, the inscription could be May or June. So is Maduro, of course, I, I, I'm not going to give Maduro ideas, but they are very smart people as well. And it's typically what I expect of this process. Okay. So, so what I'm hearing is that your take is that this six-month uh, deadline is is not necessarily well designed because they it has no real trigger. So there is nothing concrete that the Maduro regime can commit to that revalidate this. Or do you think that also, because uh, the, the the Biden administration knows these things, they could accelerate some of the aspects that needs to happen for the revalidation. I don't. I don't assume anything in concrete, but for me, it's, it's hard to to foresee that there is nothing to be verified before the six-month deadline that will allow for another extension. So, so I, I just wanted to make sure that what I'm reading from you is there is, you are saying to, to our uh, audience, you don't see any real uh, milestone before the six months that Will be checked and verified before the the you know the extension or the renewal of the of the easing period, and if that's the case, that that creates a little bit of a of a problem that may be needed to be fine tuned in this negotiation process, because otherwise we could 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 reduce the the credibility of the agreement 
and the good effects of the of the easing of the sanctions. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. No, my, my point here is that there is a process. Uh, the process is going on. My point is no, not necessarily you have to see all the results uh, at the end of the six months. That's my point. So maybe people are waiting like at the end of November, we have to see what's going on. At the end of, uh, of April, we have to see what's going on. And this is more complex. No, no, you know? of course, this is, of course. Yeah. This event going to be it's so. Maybe, maybe administration and look, next year is an, a presidential election in the U.S. as well. So everybody needs to show something exactly. here. Exactly. That's my point. And you think, you think you no, know, because I, what I'm hearing from you now is that this point is very discontinuous. It doesn't have to happen every day in a cumulative way. It may just happen the last second before the six months that something happened. But you think that something will happen because it is in the best interest of the Maduro regime to keep the renewal of the easing of the sanctions. Yes. So Maduro, there is a tune here, you know, Maduro want to see, you know, the costs and benefits of this uh, and as well uh, the, the Biden administration. Uh, I have to say that now the opposition is, is a weak part in this table. You know, I have to say that. But uh, the opposition, the, the only way that the opposition can be more powerful in the table is momentum and coordination. Exactly. And we have to see how the mobilization of the Maracorina campaign and all the rally that he orga she organized around the country that put more power of the opposition. So that's my point here, that, that we can create that momentum. And it's not just to sit down between Maduro and Biden administration. That's not the way we have to see this. We have to see that... Maria Corina can sit down in the table, you know, she's in the table, but she can sit down with more power if she make a great rally from now to, to that point. So that's my point here. But uh, we don't, you know, this, this is completely dynamic and she, she knows that very well. And she said, look, uh, this is just the beginning. I'm going to till the end, whatever it means. But it means that more time, she has more power and she has to take advantage of it. So, here, uh, I'm not a, a concrete, you know, timeline for this. I think the end uh, this year is ending. It's not easy, but it's ending. So we have to see, you know, the first quarter of the year, a lot of, especially after February, March, and April, going to be critical. And I expect from Maria Corina great movement along the country that give her the possibility to, to take more of the government of Maduro. That, that's my point here. But depends on many, many variables at the same time that are, that are moving. But, you know, sometimes the people are waiting like, okay, no, this is a, you have a deadline. No, it's not that way. You have to create a political momentum to gain, gain more. And maybe you don't have the qualification of, 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 of Maracorina Mochado in April. Maybe you have, you know, like, a, well, a partial renewal or something like that, or for one month or for two months. It's a game. Yeah, no, perfect, perfect. Let me let me move to to a little bit of a more prospective uh, kind of view uh, of this conversation. Um, I I will tell you was regardless of the opinion that you may have or not of the uh, of the uh, plan of uh, of the Maria Corina uh, government. Uh, the Venezuela Tierra de Gracia. I think it was very refreshing to see her presenting it, and very refreshing to see a series of uh, very high-level Venezuelan professionals around her. And 
if imagine this scenario that I know is hard to imagine, but we need to, uh, for entertaining our audience, imagine that we have a fair election. Uh, Maria Corina wins. Uh, she has a smooth, as smooth as possible transition uh, of power. Uh, she has uh, this plan that we may have a, a, a different podcast later on to discuss and bring other colleagues who have a little bit of uh, insights to, to our audience. But imagine that all of these elements happen. Now, my question for you and, and, and our audience here uh, uh, will be, well, from your perspective, from your view, uh, what do you think are the most pressing things that the international donor community can do to support that transition, that openness of Venezuela, and again to 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 the world, to democracy, uh, given the platform and kind of the values that Maria Corina Machado and her team, uh, you know, had set in the Venezuela uh, Tierra de Gracia action plan. So, what do you think the international donor community can contribute to that? Yeah, I think uh, there are many things to to do with uh, with in Venezuela, of course. I, I think I agree with you. Maricolina has a great team. Uh, she's a great leader. I think she's a fresh image, and and he's very, you know, something that we sometimes didn't listen from Venezuela, very pro-market economy and open economy. So that's uh, something new that is important and the people vote for, for her. And this is a great message that we have to, to receive. So I think one element that is uh, important here uh, uh, regarding Maracorina plan is, uh, is that Venezuela is a fragile state now. It's not the Venezuela of the 80s, of the 90s. It's another Venezuela. It's not just in terms of poverty. It's in terms of the state capacity. Um, it's not just at the institutions, you know. Okay, create new institution. Yeah, but you don't have the state. You don't have control of the territory. Uh, you don't have a public health system. You don't have teachers in the schools. You have classes just one day a week. You don't have professor of math. So there is no state. There is no public services. There is no electricity, gasoline. You know, it's a state that... So I think uh, um, donors uh, should... Um, be thinking should uh, would be thinking on how to 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 recuperate the capacity of the state as soon as possible, not just to wait, you know, to restructure the debt and that will come, uh, to have more investment in the oil and gas sector and create a Venezuela energy hub. That would be great, but in the short term, you have many challenges that you have to face immediately, especially uh, infrastructure public health, uh, education, that it has no solution for me. For instance, we have to create maybe an internet, uh, Zoom classes of for everybody, for math, physics. Uh, I don't know, but maybe to you need to create an infrastructure of internet to give classes to, to for the five years at the beginning of the transition. So you need to be very creative uh, in this sense, but because Venezuela is not going to be like a, a change from, it's not the fall of the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union has professor public infrastructure. It's more, more than that. It's a fragile state and we should preserve um, the population uh, capacity to work, uh, to spend time together, to live together, because now it's, it's just uh, impossible. Excellent. Let me uh, just uh, for closing, if uh, ask you if you have any any thoughts, any anything that you want to share to, with our listeners. I know we we have other 
big political events happening soon, like the uh, Venezuela is a Kibo referendum. I don't know if you want to give any any last uh, minute views to to our listeners uh, uh, that you want to share with us. Yeah, well, uh, I think Venezuela is challenging, <laughs> so challenging. Uh, there is no framework for the transition, democratic transition of Venezuela. Uh, I, I read the 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 the, the framework, your many frameworks, democratic framework, but uh, but it's not that way. This is going to be a unique case. Uh, so that requires a very pragmatic approach from everyone. Be open, an open mindset. Uh, to find a solution. What we want is a solution. We need a, a transition, but we have to be very, very pragmatic in this sense. There is no transition without transaction. It's a, the point that we are now. So we are. We need transaction. I think what we see at the Barbados Agreement and the primaries of the opposition permitting the, par- the primaries of opposition is the, a, a transaction, an exchange, and that's good. But we need more, more, more. You know, to to have uh, to go to the equilibrium, to go to the optimum place. We need more exchange like that. I think is the only way that we can find the equilibrium of Venezuela. So uh, besides that, I think it's challenging. We have to 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 follow Venezuela very close, and I'm optimistic that uh, the end of the year or maybe the next year we're gonna gain more momentum. Maracorina has a great leadership to to make it. Uh, she has all the support of the political party, so we need more, more, more uh, leverage on this point to to have the opposition sitting in, at the new Barbados Agreement and to find a political uh, door, the, political, the the democratic door opens to to Venezuelans and have again Venezuela in the democratic concert in the region. Excellent, Angel. Well, thanks a lot for your time. I think our uh, audience has a lot to to digest. Uh, very useful information, as usual. Great talking to you. Um, thanks for for being with us. Thank you so much for the invitation, Jose. Was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Dev Talks. We hope you found it engaging and informative. Please be sure to tune into future episodes of DevTalks available via our website at devtexas.com. Also available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Mm-hmm.